0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, we'll recap what we saw with the Falcons out in L.A. Next week becomes, I think, very important for the Falcons. And it's not a matter of either or. It needs to be both. We'll talk about all of that next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. We welcome you into this Monday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chukri here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Free and available to download on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey. Download us. Leave us a five-star review there. Don't forget, Amazon Fire, Roku. were available on all those platforms. Follow me on my Twitter page at JMCH316. Look, it was a... Wild game out in Los Angeles yesterday. Falcons and Rams. Falcons do go down in defeat. 31 to 27 yesterday. Now, I'm not as mad about the result of this game as I am about last week's game against the Saints in a game that absolutely could have and should have been won by the Falcons. Here's the th- takeaways from what we saw yesterday. That's as bad a first half as you could possibly play in the NFL. And and nothing went right for the Falcons. They were bad in the red zone. They were bad defensively. They were bad, 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 bad. Even Young-Way Koo missing a field goal, right? Everything about that first half was bad. That was frustrating. I'm more frustrated about that than anything else because I'll give the Falcons credit. They showed a lot of heart. They showed a, a, a lot of just desire to come back and be better and adjust and things like that. And I give Arthur Smith, Smith excuse me, some of the credit on that. The fact that they played much better. That would have been a very easy game, knowing you're already on the West Coast, you're just headed up to Seattle, much more winnable game to just say, okay, Super Bowl champions weren't going to go down 0-2. We know we're behind the eight ball, and we'll just let this thing go. But I give credit to Arthur Smith for adjusting, getting things cranked up and going in the second half and making a game out of it. You saw guys making plays all over the field. Now, let's talk about the quarterback first off, okay? We'll get more into this in the next segment. But the reality of how long Marcus Mariota probably should play, if this year is not about wins, as my friend Mark Zinno likes to say, okay, then there's no reason to, you know, after a while here, and maybe after next week, think about playing Marcus Mariota. Does he give you the best chance to win? sure but you can't tell me it's not about wins and then play the guy that your rationale is he gives me the best chance to win see how those two things don't balance one another out there so we'll see how next week goes like i said we're going to talk about that in here in in just a little bit but i thought marcus mariota was very average at best i'll be honest with you um i was glad to see that that pass total came down now part of that is they had to rally back and and try to get some things going I love the fact that Drake London got 12 targets. Can I tell you, that should be what Drake London gets every game. Even if you only throw it 26 times in a game, 12 of those targets should be at Drake London. And you saw he finally caught his first touchdown pass, got a chance to make some plays in the red zone. He had eight catches for 86 yards with a touchdown in the game. Throw him the football. What's the point of having, and we'll talk about Kyle Pitts in just a minute, What's the point of drafting Drake London, Cal Pitts, not taking, oh, did you see Micah Parsons with the most sacks ever or whatever in a guy's first season in a you know couple of games or whatever, fastest guy to whatever Sat. Panay Sewell has graded out as one of the, I think he graded out last week as the third best right tackle in all of the NFL. If you passed on all those guys to sell me on pass catcher and things like that, then you better get the ball to him. You better throw them the football. An unused weapon is a useless weapon. There's still a military term there. So I love the fact that London got all the targets. That's what it should be. That's what you have, those guys. You can't sell me on what a mismatch it is in the red zone and everywhere else and then not hawk it to them. If bad things happen, bad things happen. Your quarterback made enough bad plays that adding another bad player to isn't going to kill this team. Now we'll talk more about this in just a second but first let me talk about my friends over at betonline.net how'd you do this weekend wild weekend of college football big weekend in the nfl baseball is really heating up right now division races you need to bet smarter and that's where bet online comes in it's all of it your number one source for all of your sports wagering information head to betonline.net today check out all the information available at your fingertips e-scores, betting, podcast information, stats. Everything that you need is available at betonline.net today. And you can use it right on your mobile device, right? So everybody wants something easy, quick, handy, what have you. You can get it right on your mobile device. Betonline.net is the place to go to get better information, be a smarter sports wager, and get everything that you need right at your fingertips. Betonline.net is where the game starts. So if your quarterback can't make a play as it is, throw it to the guys who can, right? Now, Tyler Algier, did I not talk about this last week? Got a chance, got 10 carries. I said going into the game, I was hoping for eight to 10 carries. He was fine, was nothing special. It's his first ever NFL action. I wasn't looking for 150-yard performance out of Tyler Algier. So, I thought he ran fine. Got you three yards of carry. Patterson was fine. He only had 10 carries. The game didn't dictate running it as much. Were they great in the run? No, but they weren't God awful either. And at least that's a good sign. They weren't going to run for 200. I would have liked to have seen over a hundred. They ended up with 90 yards out there. That's more closer to what they averaged last year. I expect that number will get more on track against Seattle. I thought Kadero Hodge made some nice plays out there. For whatever reason, I'm really starting to like Kaderil Hodge. I I, I just, I don't know. The kid goes out and he makes some plays for you out there. I was disappointed in the pass rush. Coming off of a a week where we had four sacks last week, the Rams gave up seven. You knew that the Rams would take that personally. But they had multiple new guys on their starting line. One of their guys got hurt during the game. You should have had more than one sack in that game. And that's going to be one of the keys about this defense. They have to get pressure. They have to go out and get pressure. One thing I really do like about the defense is that they are creating turnovers. And if you can get sacks, you can get turnovers created. You may not have the most talented defense, but you can change the dynamic of a game very quickly. If you sack the quarterback, turn the football over. And that's at least two things that I'm hoping that the Falcons can do. They may not have Micah Parsons-level talent on their defense. They may not have first-team all pros. But if you can get teams to turn it over against you and you can sack the quarterback, you can be in every game. And that's where the Falcons are because they had no business being in that game the way they played in the first half. They had no business being in it. But your defense gets some turnovers. You make some stops. You make a play here. You make a play there, a block punt. And all of a sudden, you're back in it. That's the thing. The Falcons are completely outclassed from a talent perspective lining up against the Rams. But when you create turnovers, make a special teams play, get something here, get something there, beep, bada, boop, all of a sudden you find yourself in an NFL game. And that's the thing about this. There'll be a lot of those opportunities for the Falcons this year if they can do some of those basic things run the football effectively, create some turnovers, sack the quarterback, do some basic fundamental things. They can be in every game this season. So I did think that there was plenty of good things to take away. I'm not frustrated by the loss. It kind of was what it was. I was glad to see that the Falcons didn't just throw in the towel. Would have been very easy to being in LA, Super Bowl champs, everything else. I do think that speaks to the coaching. I do think that speaks to the resiliency of the players. Everybody's playing and fighting for a job. Now, I want to mention one thing too the Hail Mary at the end of the game. I went back and watched this play 30 times minimum. Mariota never had a shot on that play. Go back and rewatch the play and go frame by frame. First off, Caleb McGarry completely whiffed on his block. They, They had Leonard Floyd and I forget who the other guy was, but he completely whiffed on his block. They left Avery Williams in to block and he's got his back turned and doesn't know where anybody is he didn't do a single thing so Mariota literally had no shot I know it's everybody's blaming Mariota for that particular play go back and watch McGarry whiffed on his guy that already turned around and then Jake Matthews couldn't sustain his block on his guy and Avery Williams looked like he'd never played football in his entire life just turning his back and spinning around like he had a bullfighter sash on, going, ole, ole. He looked like Paul I with the bullfighter slash, going, ole, 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 out there. He had no idea what to do. That play was extremely frustrating because that brought back all the bad memories of where this team is. There's a lot of good to take away from it, but coming up next, we're going to talk about why next week is really important. Hitting hard with John Chukri, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hitting hard with John Chakran, Locked On Lockdown Sports Atlanta. YouTube.com is where you find our page. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Free and available, all your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Odyssey. Download us for free. Leave us a five-star review. Follow me at JMCH316 on my Twitter page. Don't forget, Roku and Amazon Fire is also where you can catch us. Look, next week for the Atlanta Falcons, as they're already on the West Coast, they're already in Seattle. They don't have to travel anywhere. Next week becomes important. And let me explain to you why next week becomes important. We can talk about wins and stuff don't matter, but if Arthur Smith is one and twenty four between this year and the start of next year, he won't be the head coach of this team. At some point, you have to do, you have to find a way to win games that you are playing well enough to win. I don't think the Falcons should have won yesterday, but they should have won week one against the New Orleans Saints. And lose the way that you did at home with the Saints. Yesterday, you showed some resiliency. But next week becomes important Is this is a winnable game. You don't have to travel. You don't have to go anywhere. You're already there. And if you go out and you lose next week, now you're 0-3 and you have to come back home to take on a playoff caliber team in the Browns. And at that point, unless Mariota plays lights-out football, you better be willing to make a quarterback change at that point because 0-3 is 0-3 in a net results business. And you can scream and holler about it doesn't matter about wins. It does matter about wins in the NFL. You can never say wins are secondary. Go look at when the Detroit Lions bottomed out with the O for season, right? They went through four coaches in five years during that stretch. Look at when the Browns bottomed out with Hugh Jackson. They went through, ready, four coaches in four years to find somebody to get. You want to go through four coaches in four years because you can't win football games? Because that's where your team gets into spinning around. If you want to rally the home crowd and get them to have some excitement, it has to be more than just, We played well in the second half. We almost did this. We almost did that. There's an old saying that says, perception has the same effect as truth. And 0-3 and not winning and playing well is the same as, you know, again, they played really well. You've got to rally your home crowd. And and you've got to get people to want to buy in and be excited about this football team. If they're 0-3 at that point, we talked about it. the reason I don't want Mark. I didn't want Desmond Ritter to start the year. Is I did not want to put him behind Drew Dolman, Caleb McGarry, Elijah Wilkinson. I didn't want to put him behind those guys. If I'm going to get my quarterbacks' brains beat out, let me let it be Mariota. If I can't run the football, let me have Mariota be the guy to turn the hand off. But I think the offensive line has played well enough. They run the football enough that there are enough things that can help out Desmond Ritter now. And if you're 0-3, you want to get your home crowd ready to go? You want to get them to rally the troops? Put Desmond Ritter in game number four. I don't think you start him this week. I think you play Mariota. I, I, and again, you're out there. Mariota's been I think you do all of that. But if you lose again, and, de- and especially depending on how you lose, if he has another two or three turnovers. Hell, my rookie quarterback can do that if my if my veteran on his third team in seven years can't protect the football. I know my rookie cannot, can't be any worse. And they've done enough with their offensive line for me to say, okay, I think these guys could, you know, last week, Lindstrom graded out as the highest graded player for the Falcons. We'll see what the grades are this week. I haven't looked yet to see what the grades are or whatever. But I think they've played well enough on their offensive line that I feel like, because Ritter will stand in the pocket and deliver, and you've got to get your home fans excited about this season. I promise you, Arthur Blank doesn't want empty buildings on Sunday. Okay? You can talk about winning, not winning, all this kind of stuff. I promise you, the owner of the football team doesn't want an empty stadium come one o'clock not this Sunday but the following Sunday against the Browns he doesn't want that how do you get the troops rallied you can talk rebuild and all that's why those guys don't talk about it in rebuild we all know it's a rebuild we all know that but there's a reason why you don't say those words to your fan base now we'll talk about more of this in just a second but first let me talk about my folks over at coffeeam.com listen Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America right here in the state of Georgia, up in the Canton area. Head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today. I want you to check out their wide, extensive menu. K-Cups, organic, flavored coffees. You need teas. You need a gift set. Whatever you got going on, coffeeam.com has the products that you need. And listen, when that box is delivered to your house, trust me, just open it up and just go, just inhale because the aroma is tremendous these folks are outstanding i love their product i drink it every single day in fact i'm running out of bags of their coffee they sent us a whole big gift pack and the way i drink coffee like it's you know popping tic tacs you know i'm running through it like crazy i love these guys they're the best small batch coffee roaster in america and if you head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on put that first order together when you get to checkout use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on at checkout you'll get 15 percent off your first order, coffeeam.com, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. So look, for what it's worth, one and two is still way different than zero and three. And and we're going to talk about Georgia Tech later this week because I feel the same way about Georgia Tech. I've told you for weeks and weeks now, the swing game is Central Florida. But the Falcons need to find a way to win this week. Not almost, not come close. This is a beatable football team. It's still Geno Smith at quarterback. I understand it's Seattle. I understand you're on the road, but you're not traveling. It's not like they're asking you to go 3,000 miles. You're already there, and you'll be at the, I think the University of Washington is where they're going to practice. You're already going to get adjusted to the climate and everything else. You're going to be on time there, right? You can find a way to win this football game, and then you come back home, and we go from there. But this weekend becomes important because you've got to start to rally your fan base. And again, I promise you that the owner is not going to be satisfied with an empty-looking building at 1 o'clock on Sunday. you got to give your fans some hope. Most people don't think of this team as a playoff team or anything like that. But we also don't believe that they're an 0-17 football team. And that's where Arthur Smith Missed the point about, well, you guys wrote us off. We didn't write you off. Us saying that you're not a playoff team and and being five, six wins is not the same as, well, we think they're going to be 0-17 and be the dregs of the universe. You know what happens when you're 0-16, 17 in the league? Again, the Browns, four coaches in four years. The Lions, four coaches in five years. You can't just Quickly and easily bounce back. you got to give your fans a reason to want to be there. And, and I really think that if it doesn't go well, if you're 0-3, you better be home and tell me that Desmond Ritter is going to start. If you're 1-2, and you at least give your fans some hope, and maybe you get away with continuing to play Mariota. But this week, to me, is the big swing week for the Atlanta Falcons. What direction does this team Need to head. What direction do we need to go in? Do we go ahead and make our change at quarterback, or do we give our fans some hope that, okay, we blew it week one, but we found a way to win again? You know, in Seattle, tough place to win. It still has that perception of, hey, it's Seattle and the 17th man, and all that kind of stuff. You find a way to win this Sunday, you come back home and you get people feeling better about themselves coming back home. You lose, you better get your fan base excited by telling me that there's going to be a quarterback change. This week becomes huge for the Atlanta Falcons and what direction we go. All right, when we come back, it's not a matter of either or. It's a matter of they both are that important. We'll talk about that next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hitting Hard with John Chukri, Locked on Sports Atlanta. YouTube.com is where you put our Locked on Sports Atlanta in your search browser. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment there. Free and available, all your favorite podcast platforms including Spotify and Odyssey. Don't forget, Amazon Fire and Roku. You can find us on those platforms now. And then at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. Spencer Strider was outstanding again yesterday, and now he's set a new threshold. He's now at 200 strikeouts, if you can believe it. What a crazy number that he's had. 202 strikeouts and 131 in two-thirds innings. Michael Harris continues to be amazing. 18 homers, 16 steals, hitting 300, and he's scored 69 runs And oh yeah, He's played gold-glove caliber defense. Now, we've talked about the fact that there's no question. Strider and Harris are the two best rookies in Major League Baseball. Forget the National League, in all of Major League Baseball, and I don't think it's even close, okay? This has to be one of those years. And just to give you some perspective, all time in, in Major League Baseball, okay? This has to be a situation where it's not either or. You have to give the award to both of these guys. So in the American League, it's happened one time, 1979, John Castino and Alfredo Griffin. That's a throwback name for the past shortstop for the Blue Jays and would later go on to play for Oakland. John Castino and Alfredo Griffin were the co-rookies of the year in the American League in 1979. It's happened one time in National League history, and that is in 1976 when Butch Metzger and Pat Zachary of the Reds shared the, uh, the title. Two pitchers, Two, uh, one, one was a reliever, Metzger a, was a closer, and Zachary was a starter out there. That's the only two times in the history of the award, what, starting in the 1950s or whatever, that you've had co-rookies of the year. Can I tell you, the only fair way to do this is to give both guys the award. This is not a skunk whizzing contest, not a pull it out and let's see who is is longer. They both deserve to be the rookie of the year, and I don't think you pick between those two guys. Now, I don't know how that works from a voting perspective. Can you put co-guys in? A, I don't really care. But both of these guys should be the rookie of the year. I don't. Here's what's not fair at this point, to say Harris is the rookie of the year and Strider's second, or say that Strider's the rookie of the year and Harris is second. It's not fair to either one of those guys to be second this year. They've done it with the MVP award, and I know that's a voting thing, when Keith Hernandez and Willie Stargell in 79, the We Are Family Pirates and all that, those guys shared the award. Now, again, I don't, that's the Baseball Writers Association of America and this and the other. I don't know if it's the same guys who vote for Rookie of the Year or what have you, but you think about Strider being a 200, a 200 strikeout pitcher. Harris might be a 2020 guy when all is said and done, very capable of potentially being a 2020 guy this season. And it goes back to, why I think the Braves are in such good position to make this run in the playoffs. And we can argue, I know Zeno's been arguing about where Strider can be. There, there are two different arguments about that. One is the argument about where does he deserve to pitch. And the second is, and you're not going to like this, but the decision of where the manager is going to put him. That's two different arguments, okay? We can argue about Strider deserves to be this that, and the other doesn't matter what we think. Last I checked, we don't manage the ball club. If your manager says he's starting game three, then he's starting game three. Right, wrong, or indifferent. And wherever Snitker starts him, let's make sure we're crystal clear. Everybody who told me how wrong I was about Brian Snitker better believe in his decisions about the closer and strider and where he starts. Because you can't have it both ways. You can't tell me how wrong I was and not believe it in Snitker and then question his thought process. Because you saw Jansen's still your closer. And when he gets a chance to come into games that are save situations, he's the guy they're going to hand the ball to. That's what it's, they're not going to switch over to Iglesias. They're not going to give Jansen a break. Again, look at Matt Olson. You can't be worse than what Matt Olson is right now. And yet they keep trotting him out. In the you know what three- four spot. you can't be worse than, than Matt Olson. in fact, for the, the month of September, you know Matt Olson is hitting and we'll pull this number up real quick. Matt Olson is now down to 074 for the month with a 310 OPS. and guess what? Snicker plays him every day and he puts him in that three- four spot every day four spot cleanup playing Olsen. so he's not going to change. We can have the argument about where Strider deserves this, that, and the other, and everything like that. You saw Ronnie's now back out in the outfield, right? I knew that was going to come here soon. I thought it might be a little bit later. I thought they'd wait up maybe a couple of more weeks, but they were always going to play. And obviously, horrible news about Ozzie Albies and the fact that he broke his pinky finger. Now that answers the question about what Vaughn Grissom, where he's going to play because he's going to play second base now, because obviously Ozzy's not going to play at least the regular season, and he may miss the playoffs, depending on they'll reevaluate him here in a few weeks, and they'll see what it looks like. He may or may not be ready for the playoffs, but we know for sure the regular season is out. All right, well, that means Grissom, who, by the way, has had some struggles of late. I never believed they were going to move him out to left field in the middle of the season in a pennant race. Never believed it. They didn't really tease it. They even had a few games where he could have stuck him out there, and they also haven't had the right situation. It hasn't been a 13-to-1 blowout where he could throw him out and left and see what he's got out there. But anyway, there's no doubt about the fact that Strider and Harris are both the rookies of the year. There should not be an either-or to this. And this is where baseball, the writers, whoever, give it to both guys. Neither one of those guys is second. They have both meant the world to Atlanta. A kid in Strider two years ago pitching at Clemson. You know the football team that you watch on Saturday? Clemson. Two years ago, he's at Clemson. This year, 11 wins, 200 strikeouts, 2.67 ERA. Michael Harris, drafted two seasons ago, doesn't play a game in AAA. Here he comes through Mississippi. 18 homers, 16 steals to one cot, hitting 300 has scored 69 runs, driven in almost 60 runs, he very realistically is going to be a 20-20 guy potentially. I think mean, I know he's going to get to 20 homers, just a matter of if he gets to 20 steals, and I don't think four steals is, is a ridiculous number for him to get. And I think if he's got a shot, don't be surprised to see Michael Harris get to 20 steals. If he's got 20 homers and he's at 18 steals with eight or nine games to go, yeah, he's going to go for a couple of steals to get. It. He's only been caught one time this year. Oh yeah. He almost made the play of the year in baseball over the weekend too with that jump over center field and almost grabbed that thing. But he's been a he's potentially a gold glove winning outfielder this year. He's going to be in the gold glove discussion. He may not get it because of being a rookie, but he's in that discussion. So, if baseball wants to do the right thing, what I don't even know again, whoever votes for the rookie of the year, whatever that is, if that's the Baseball Writers Association of America, if it's Joe, you know, down the street, if it's your neighbor, okay? Give both of those guys, and yes, it is voted on by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Give both of those guys the award this year. You want to take it and chop it in half, fine. Make a second award and give it to both those guys. Because nobody, nobody, I don't care what analyst you think you are or whatever, Nobody saw these two guys coming up and doing what they've done for the Braves this year. And a big, big, big reason why the Braves are right in striking distance is because what these guys have meant. And that's why I say the youthful invigoration of guys on this team, I think that has done more to help with the complacency of we won the World Series or we're going to get back. These guys want to get back. These guys want to win. These guys don't know what they don't know out there. Give them both the award. They've both been outstanding for the Braves this year. All right, we well, thank you so much for making uh, Hitting Hard with John Chucker your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day. Mark talking to all things uh, sports here in the city of Atlanta. Free and available on our YouTube page, Locked On Sports. Check it out there. Hit the subscribe button. Also, download us for free on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review amazon fire roku hit us up on those platforms at jmch316 is where you hit me up on my twitter page back with you tomorrow this has been hitting hard with john Chuckry, locked on sports atlanta hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music